Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. Today is an episode where I fight with our guests the entire time. But not fight, we just argue, you know? And I feel like you're going to really like the episode... You know where I stand with a lot of my dating rules and things like that. But he definitely puts up a good challenge. And I think the bottom line is that like you take what you want. He has some really great points. And I definitely don't deny that. And if you want a certain person, then I think you go after his advice. Or if something hasn't been working, you go... You should take his advice. But... Either way, I'm excited for you to hear it. Definitely listen until the end because it gets heated up in here. Um, Anyway, I'm going to start by going over a few things that you wanted me to talk about. A few of you had reached out about that I think would be really good, good things to go over. And the first one is how to successfully find a friend with benefits and have one and what that relationship should look like. I feel like we've talked about this a lot, but it is really important. And the way, the best way to do it is if you're a woman listening, I would say a younger guy is a great friend with benefits because you're not taking them too seriously because they don't want anything serious most of the time. And you don't feel like they're ready for something serious because they're younger. They also, younger guys tend to look up to older women and respect them a little bit more. I don't want to say older women, but you know, like a woman a few years above ahead of them. I think also if you go on a date and there's not really a spark, but there's a sexual attraction, you can turn that into a friend with benefits. And it's pretty easy to do. You just say something like, do you want to hang out? No strings attached. Or like, I know we didn't feel a connection, but would you be open to like a casual hookup thing? 10 out of 10 times, they usually say yes. And then when I had a friend with benefits, I liked to cultivate a relationship with him that wasn't just talking about when they're coming over and this and that. Like I like to do a little banter with them during the week and things like that. So that when we do sleep together, it's like it's hotter and there's more build up to it. For me, I needed that to even get into it. I couldn't just like open the door and start hooking up with someone. I needed to have some sort of intellectual stimulation throughout a week or something like that. Moving along, your partner is great and you love them, but you don't feel attracted to them, especially in comparison to people you've dated in the past. Is staying with them a form of settling? That might sound familiar to you because that was a poll question that somebody submitted. And someone asked me to do like a little bit of a deep dive into this. They said, why do I feel like it's normal for women to be told, well, I didn't think my husband was attractive at first when we started dating and now blah, 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 blah. You're not wrong. I actually think that What I've noticed in a lot of the couples that we've met is that men will not settle for looks, but might settle for like drive and personality and other things. And women will are more likely to settle for looks, but won't settle for ambition and like success. And so often you find... And this is a total generalization. Like this could easily not be true, but this is just something that I've observed And so often you find a woman who's very attractive with a man who's not so attractive, but very successful in his career. And you're like, well, that's confusing. But it's not because some women think that 
if the man is very successful and and I'm just talking hetero relationship, then they're not settling. And so it's hard to explain, but basically if, if a woman is interested in a man who has money or like who's just successful and driven, then they are more likely to overlook the way that they look because they're attracted to their success and their power. And the other way around doesn't happen as much. Men are more, I'd say, superficial and shallow in that way. Like they have to really think that they have this like prize and that, you know, they're like so lucky to have someone that looks the way that their wife does, et cetera, et cetera. And so to that, I would say, staying with someone who you don't feel attracted to is settling, but it's totally subjective in terms of if they're attractive to you or not. Like for example, I might be really attractive to my husband, but the next person might think that he's gross. But in my mind, I th- I'm very attracted to him. So I'm not settling. It's only settling if you are not attracted to them. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I think when women say, oh, I didn't think my husband was attractive at first and blah, blah, blah. All that means is that the attraction grew and now they do find their partner attractive unless they still don't, in which case they're settling, in my opinion. Things you should talk about on dates one, two, three, four, and five. What should be covered by the time you're official? First date, you got to go over the basics. I like to talk about exes on the first date. I just think it gets it out of the way. Second date, you get a little bit deeper, maybe like hopes and dreams and things like that. Third date, even a little bit deeper than that. Maybe I'd go into like conversations around like where they see themselves how they feel about kids and things like that, but not with you, just generally talking about that kind of stuff. I think also on all of these dates, you should be talking about like things going on in their day to day, like their work and how it was that day and how it was that week and things they've done with their family. You know, like by the fourth date, you should know a gist of their family life, who they're close with, who they admire, who they might have, you know, animosity with. And then fifth date, like they should really open up, I'd say about like things that they struggle with and get a little bit more vulnerable. And by the time you're official, you should know a lot about them. I mean, you should know their family stuff. You should know what their own flaws are. You should know what their strengths are, their best friends, like those friendships, who they're closer with in their life versus not as close with. And you should, of course, know how they make you feel. And I'd hope that by official, you'd know a little bit about how they would act in a tense situation or in an argument. And that's why I think, you know, two months, two and a half months until official is good because, or or maybe like three months, but not more than that. Because in that time, you kind of get the gist for all of that. Like you see them with waiters, you see them... I'm assuming you have one disagreement in that time. I'm not saying like to fight, but like one thing that you kind of push back on a little bit and see how they react to. So I think those are all crucial before official. And anyway, I really want you to hear Kevin's perspective. And I just want to hear what you have to say after if you think that he has some valid points, which I definitely do think he does. Or if you think, I mean, you guys always have strong opinions on our male guests, so I'll just leave it to you. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with speaker and coach Kevin Nahai. Hey, Kevin. Lindsay, thank you so much for having me on. Thanks for coming on. So Kevin, tell us a little bit about yourself. How old are you and where are you from? I am 29 and I am Persian Jewish, born and raised in Los Angeles. Love it. Love it. And when is your birthday, Kevin? It is June 18th. So I'm a Gemini, but I promise that I am not a psycho. (laughs) I actually don't think that Geminis are that bad. I think they get a really bad reputation. And there are some that are a little off the rails, but for the most part, as a Libra, I understand Geminis well. 
Oh yes, we we get along well. Mm-hmm. I like your species. Thank you, thank you. So, Kevin, what is your current relationship status? Single, but dating. I've been seeing somebody for, I don't know. The most recent one is like we've gone on five or six dates. Okay, which. Also, by the time this episode airs, might be different. But yeah, single, but uh, ready for the real thing. Interesting. So yeah. I feel like if I were on five or six dates with someone and someone asked me my relationship status, I would say I'm seeing someone. Okay. That's, that's, that's a good... Yeah, that's a good way of, of saying it. I mean, we haven't had the talk of like... Mm-hmm passivity and sort of w- what are we or which I know you hate that question. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we can get into that. We haven't had that discussion yet. But on the very first date, you know, I'm a big fan on the first date of, of stating your intentions and finding out what the other person's intentions are, not in an intense or heavy or, you know, or desperate way, but just making sure that you're on the same page. So on the first date, we you know, we found out about each other that we both like to date one person at a time and get to know each other and that we are both dating with the intention of a serious relationship, which, you know, will hopefully lead to marriage. Again, not necessarily with each other, but that that's, you know, the market that we're in. So mm -hmm. I think that after we stated that intention and got on the same page about that, the last like four or five dates, we haven't had to have the talk yet. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But how do you state an attention like that without making the person think it's about them? I mean, if I were out with the guy and he was like, by the way, I intend to get married and have kids. I would mm-hmm. be like, ooh, this guy is trying to marry me and have my babies and I don't even know him yet. So how do you make that? How do you distinguish it? Well, let me ask you something. Why would your mind go there? If he, right, because... Presumably, if if you're dating during the stage of your life where you would like it to lead to marriage and kids, then if your girlfriends ask you, what are you looking for in a guy? You say, well, I want someone who's serious. I want somebody who is ready for marriage and kids, right? Or he's marriage minded. So if he says that on the date, why would that give you the heebie-jeebies? It's funny. I I wouldn't say that to my friends. I actually I wouldn't say I want someone who's serious. I want someone who's ready for marriage and babies. I would say I want someone who makes me laugh and who makes I me see. feel lighter. And like if I then am like, "Ooh, this guy's great," then I maybe want to have that future with him, but I feel like when you like I I associate serious as like boring and not fun not Mm. as like ready to walk down the aisle, you know? Right. Yeah. So it's, it's a definitely a gentle dance. You, you don't sit down and say, I am ready for marriage and kids because I can see how that would scare the other person off and they would personalize it. But as I said, I'm a big fan of stating your intention, asking the question, you know, sort of, so where are you in your life? What, what are you looking for? What are your intentions with dating? And then the way that I would answer that question so as not to you know, make it seem like my expectations are exceeding where the relationship is on the first date is I would say, here are some of the qualities that I'm looking for in a partner. And I would like to date seriously with the intention of developing a relationship, right? And then they can surmise from my age, and from where I am in life and stuff like that, that that would lead to marriage. I don't right have to, you know, have to say that outright. But, you know, there's look, there's two approaches, and one of them is not necessarily better than the other. It just depends on the person. The first approach is to date with intention and ask the questions and make sure that your values are aligned early on. The second approach is to let it flow and grow organically. And there are a lot fewer rules with that second approach. With that second approach, you can sleep with the person on the third date if that's how you guys both feel comfortable. You don't have to have those hard questions until later on. Maybe you don't have those serious conversations at all because it just flows organically. 
Personally, I'm not a fan of that approach because I find that it leads to the accrual of a lot of unintentional emotional damage and it leads to a lot of wasted time. So I'm a fan of the approach of dating with intention. So do you want to have kids? Not like, hey, we need to have kids together tomorrow, but mm-hmm. you know, do you see that for your life? I'm a fan of asking some harder questions in a lighthearted way early on with tact so that you don't have to pay the price six weeks or six months down the line. I don't disagree with like, you definitely should want to know where they stand on kids. I just think that, you know, sitting on a first, second date, third date, I don't know when you ask it necessarily, maybe it's the first and hearing someone across the table being like, I'm looking for something serious freaks me out a little. And and I'm the woman in the situation. So I feel like that's rare. You know, I'm curious what the woman that you're seeing now, what her response was to you saying that and kind of what responses you've gotten in the past from you saying something like that. She was absolutely floored when I, when I said that and when I asked her. And I think one of the things that has allowed me to establish a good rapport with women that I've dated is that I'm very honest and transparent from the beginning. And, you know, I'm blunt in a tactful way. So I cut the mind games. I I cut the crap. I'm not a fan of games, you know, in, in any way. I'm not a fan of being so intense that you scare the person off, obviously. Right. But look, I'll tell you, Lindsay, I've had so many other dates where I've said something like that and they've been scared off like that. Mm -hmm. Right. And because it wasn't their personality and it wasn't the approach that they were used to. Right. It also really depends on the person's conditioning. You know, so if your previous three relationships have been ones in which you, you never had the boyfriend, girlfriend talk, you never stated your intentions. Everything just kind of came together naturally. And then you hear a question like that on the third date. It's unfamiliar for you, right? On the other hand, if you grew up in a more traditional family or your parents you know, kind of taught you how they dated or things like that, then it might be more familiar. So I do try to read the other person and then you know, establish an, an appropriate conversation around that stuff. Mm -hmm. And you have to be adaptable that way. Like you have to know who's sitting across from you. Right. That's really interesting. Spring fever is in the air. And I don't know about you, but I am feeling horny because of it. Like the sun comes out and I'm just like, Stephen, come home. It's time. But that's not always the case because my husband works a lot. And sometimes I just want to escape into a sexy place and make myself feel good because my pleasure is important. It's it's a basic need. It's a basic right. And sometimes just looking at a visual doesn't really do it for me. It's all the same stuff online. I want to hear something. I want some audio. And that's why Dipsy is my go-to when I am feeling in the mood. Dipsy also happens to have sleep stories, wellness sessions, and written stories if you want to, you know, read something. If you're listening and you're like, what does that mean exactly? It means listening to a story that turns you on that you want to, you know, touch yourself to. Whether you're intrigued by that coworker from New Zealand or your hot yoga instructor, whatever it is, maybe it's like your female instructor and you didn't even think that you were into that stuff, but you are. Honestly, it's anything that you're into. And now you know how into astrology I am. Dipsy even has stories designed specifically for your zodiac sign. It doesn't get hotter than that. It doesn't get better than that. And it's time to spice up your me time. Next time you're staying in on a night, check out Dipsy. Or even if you're not staying in, you're just working from home and you're at home. So, you know, you can do what you want. 
as long as your coworkers don't know you're doing it. For listeners of the show, Dipsy's offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash Acme. That's 30 days full of hot and sexy stories for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash Acme. That's dipsystories.com slash Acme. Our next partner that I'm going to talk to you about is Squarespace. If you haven't heard of Squarespace, it is the easiest way to build a beautiful all-in-one platform online, to have an online presence for your business, your photography, whatever it is that you are doing. Squarespace helps you find that online presence and they do it with ease by giving you templates to work with. So if you're like, I don't want to start from scratch. You don't have to because Squarespace has every template in the game based on what your website is doing. If it is just connecting your social media accounts, if you are collecting donations for something, doing e-commerce, email campaigns, you just want to put up photos of yourself in a different place. They have every tool for you possible. And I really, really, really love Squarespace because I am not good at this stuff, let me tell you. And Squarespace makes it so easy. We just redid my website with help from my friend Kelly, who knows Squarespace way better than I do. But I thank God had started on Squarespace to begin with so I could pass the ownership to her to fix it and to spruce it up. Because Squarespace lets you have a few people that can update the website at once, which is really, really amazing. So if you go to squarespace.com slash Acme, you can actually do a little free trial, make a website, see how it feels. And when you're ready to launch, you can use Acme again to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Definitely check it out. Squarespace is the only place to start making a website, maintaining a website, You get all the analytics right there and it's awesome. So go to squarespace.com slash Acme and use code Acme when you're ready to purchase a website or domain and you'll save 10% off. Relationships are hard and that's why I'm here. Hey friend, it's Cammie Crawford. Think of me as your big sister slash audible BFF that you can always trust to give you the real tea. This is my show, Relationship, the advice podcast that covers all relationship topics, the good, the bad, and the straight up shitty. Need advice? Send your story to hello at relationshippod.com or DM me at relationship on IG and tune in for new episodes every Friday. Be sure to follow us and subscribe so you don't miss all the hot goss. And if you're loving the show, please leave us a review. Talk soon, bestie. What else is your method necessarily when dating or something that you would coach someone else to do when dating? You know, you mentioned dating intentionally other than what we just discussed, which is like setting your intentions, what would you suggest to people that you work with? Well, it depends what their intentions are. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody who's dating to find themselves or discover what they want is different from somebody who knows what they want and is trying to find the one. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody who's 35, let's say a woman who's 35 and she wants to have kids, Versus a woman who's 25 and isn't is, is in a rush to have kids, the, the approaches will vary. But there are a few like standards that I advocate for everybody, regardless of age and situation. One of them is don't play any mind games, right? If you want to call, call. If you want to text, text. Things like that. Another one is don't get physical before commitment or do your very best not to. I mean, you can hold hands, you can kiss, you can cut a little bit, but you know, nothing, no, no sex, nothing below the belt, stuff like that until there's a commitment. And look, these are best practices. I know everybody has that friend. She slept with her guy on the first date and then they rode off into the sunset and got married and had three beautiful children. Okay, mazel tov to them, right? That's an exception to the rule. Right. It's not the rule. So these sort of best practices that I advocate are, are generalizations. There's, there are always exceptions. And, and so it's just those two, basically. Or are there more? No, I would say, yeah, there are more. What's your most controversial 
piece of advice when dating? Date one person at a time. Yeah. I so disagree. I feel like you're... Well, in our pre-interview, you said you right. like it when you disagree with your guests. I do. I love it. That's that's why you're here. But I just... like, How can you know if you like someone if you're only dating them? Like, The comparison is crucial. And then not only that, but I, like, as a woman dating men, I feel that it comes off almost like pathetic to not have multiple suitors like think back in the day when like you know women were being were like you had to like win over a woman it's like no one wanted to win over a woman that nobody else was dating like that's the whole that's the whole point like that's how we were like built is like you have to fight for the person that you love but if you immediately from the get-go from the first date not even are only dating this one person why should they have that honor what have they done to deserve your full attention what have you done to be deserved just by virtue of existing they should have to fight for you yeah i mean like if i'm a great catch then 100% like why should it's it's not it's less about deserving and things like that and more about just like i don't want to commit to someone right off the bat i don't know they could be crazy they could be you know, okay, so, a waste of my time. Okay, so that's a good distinction. Let's be let's be really, really conscientious about the concept of deserving. A lot of people will say, you're beautiful, you're a great catch, you're wonderful, you deserve the best. Oh, Lindsay, don't go out with this guy. You deserve so much better. The truth is that you only deserve better if you give more. We only deserve what we give. If you are willing to give, if you're willing to commit, if you're willing to be affectionate, if you're willing to grow spiritually, emotionally, intellectually, then you deserve to be treated like a queen. If you are not giving those things, but you're just sitting around and every all, your grandmother and all of your friends are telling you, you're so amazing, you deserve the best. Unfortunately, that's not true. And it's a hundred percent the same for guys. Guys think that they're kings, you know? 35-year-old guy, he's a doctor, he's got money, he's got a nice body. He thinks, oh, I deserve my pick of the litter, any girl that I want. It's not true. You only deserve any girl that you want if you are if you earn her through giving, if you earn her through commitment and through love and through growth, et cetera. So I I get really cagey about the the deserve concept. Does that make sense? Yeah, but why don't I deserve someone? Like, why can't I be giving while dating other people? I absolutely okay. can be. Okay, so first I just wanted to sort that out. Now the dating one person at a time thing. First of all, I have a three-date rule. So you don't have to commit on date zero or on date one. But here's my rule. Let's say you're going out with Alex, John, and Sam. You have three dates with any one of them to decide which one you're going to focus on. You're not allowed to go out on four dates with Alex, three dates with Sam, and five dates with John, right? You get three max. You get nine dates total with three guys to decide which one you're going to focus on. Focus on doesn't mean that you know you want to marry them. But if after three dates with each Two, one, two, three of dates with each one of those guys, you cannot decide which ones should fall away, then you don't have clarity on yourself and what you're looking for. Now, what you said a moment ago, which is comparison is crucial. I have to challenge you on this. Not only is it not crucial, it is actually extremely detrimental because of something in consumer psychology and just popular human psychology called the paradox of choice, which is that the more choices we have for any one thing at any time in our lives, the less satisfied we are with the choice that is presently in front of us. So in consumer psychology, they learned that if you go to the supermarket and there's French's mustard, Dijon, and spicy brown, then whichever one you pick, you'll be pretty satisfied with it. But if you go into the grocery store 
and there are 30 types of mustard, the, the way that it, it is right now, then whichever one you pick, because of the comparison to the other ones, you are less satisfied with it. It's, it's like the concept of buyer's remorse. So when we're dating people and we're constantly comparing, well, I wish I could have the body of Sam, the intellect of Juan, and the personality of Alex. Now you're creating a real conundrum for yourself where no one of those guys is actually good enough for you. And so when you focus your energy and your attention and your effort on one person, you actually save yourself time in the long run because you're not confused by those comparisons. You are showing up for them, which is the respectful thing to do. And you actually get to learn more quickly, who is this person in front of me? And that, you know, those factors ultimately allow you to make a decision of whether you want to move forward with them or not. If you're dating multiple people at once, then it just takes a lot more time to figure out, you know, it potentially could take a lot more time to figure out which one is the one that you want to move forward with and you're disrespecting them and you are confusing yourself. Now, one other thing, and then I'll stop yapping is you said like with the suitors analogy, like it seems pathetic if you're committed to one person from the first few dates. Well, first of all, you don't have to tell them I'm only committed to you. It's it's more something you're doing for yourself than necessarily for the other person. But secondly, when you said it seems pathetic, that's a mind game. I don't want to come across as this or that. That's playing the game. I actually don't think it's a game. It's just being somebody who is in demand. It's being somebody who is not just always available. And I don't think that's a game. I think that should be who you are right? You shouldn't be like, whenever you meet somebody, especially, you know, you're 29, you meet somebody and they're always dating someone else when you first meet them. There's no way that like, you know, you meet someone and they have not gone on a date in a year. And if you have, then like, I don't know what that says about that person necessarily. So it's not like, oh, don't seem desperate. It's a game. It's like, don't, don't be oh my God, this one guy found me. Like I have to give everything to him. He's like my savior. Like he's the one person I'm dating. No, like they found you and you were already doing your thing. Like you were already open to that setup. You are already open to this, open to that. Like your eyes are open and you're open to possibilities. You're not just shut off for the first person who comes into your life and kind of, you know, that's, that's a big part of what I mean. And I forget what you said before that because now I'm responding to that. I was talking about the three date rule, which I think right. accounts yeah, yeah, for yeah. It, it. It accounts for the possibility that when you meet a really great guy, mm-hmm. you are already kind of going on a few dates with another sure. one. So you're giving yourself a little leeway because I'm not trying to be like a Nazi about it. Yeah, no, no, no. I don't. I don't hate your three date rule. I actually. I hate the name of it because it sounds like three dates and then you sleep with them. But I oh I, no 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 I don't hate your rule. Um, however, I think that listen, like if you're dating multiple people and you haven't decided that one person is the person that you want to be with out of the few people, then in my opinion, you don't like any of them. Not necessarily right. like it's not you don't know what you want. I think you do know what you want and it's neither of these three guys, let's say, right? Um, I think we all can be honest that like if we're dating multiple people, we like one of them more than the others. Like we sure. have a, we have a top choice. And I feel like that's... And that's what I tell my listeners. Like if you... If you're... Let's say, you know, let's use your example of like you're a girl who's, let's say, a woman who's gone on two dates with a guy, Right. And then another guy comes into your life and immediately after that date, you're like, this guy is amazing. Like I had the best date. I really want this guy to be my person. It's it's only been one date, but I'm so excited about him. He checks all the boxes, but he's also an amazing person, blah, blah, blah. We have a connection. 
that if that person comes to me and says this, Lindsay, I just went on this great date. I know I've been on two dates with this other guy, blah, blah, blah. I would say, great. I'm so happy that you like this guy. Now more than ever, it is crucial to make another date with someone else or go on that third date with that other guy or whatever. And maybe it's just those three days, maybe the other person that we mentioned, it's three dates and then she's done. And then she goes on another first date with someone else, right? And maybe she never gets past three dates with someone else while she's dating the person that she actually likes. But she has to keep seeing other people because really it's not about a game. It's about self-preservation. It's about protecting herself because now she knows that she's almost all in on this one guy. And if it doesn't work out, she's going to be crushed. So my advice there would be, you know, keep going out on first dates, keep going out on second dates, maybe not third, fourth, but keep going out until this person has asked you to commit to them. I I, I see what you're saying, but even like the language that you're using, self-preservation, protecting herself against getting crushed and keep going out on other dates so that you, you know, it, it's it like, so you have this like sort of strategy until you get committed to, first of all, if you want to get committed to, you have to commit. It doesn't matter if you're a guy, a girl, if you're 25, 35, 45, it doesn't matter if it's relationships, if it's basketball, if it's therapy, whatever, if you want someone to commit to you, respect you, invest in you, you have to commit respect and invest. It, it has to be reciprocal, maybe not on the first date, right? Which is why I, I allow for some leeway. And, and I agree with a, a lot of what you're saying. I think that we agree on this more than we disagree. I think that a, the approaches that we take are different. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and it's no coincidence that it also happens to be Mercury retrograde until June 3rd. That's insane. Like, I don't know if you get affected by it the way that I do, but my mind can be a really scary place when Mercury is retrograde, especially in, I don't know when it's that long. Like it just, it kills me. And I feel like I start fights with my partner I'm not nice to myself and I just need therapy so much more than I realize. I really do. And that's why Talkspace is a partner of this podcast and I'm so grateful for them. No matter where you are in your mental health journey, talking to a therapist makes a huge difference. The money that you're spending on your coffee, on clothes, that is going to wear off. The money that you spend on your mind and furthering your growth as a person, that is going to pay off. And that actually helps you find a partner that's better for you because you've done the work on yourself. And is there anything better than finding someone that you have gotten to an amazing place and then you found this person to compliment you, not to complete you? No, there's really not. It's okay to talk to someone. It doesn't mean that you're giving up. It actually means the opposite. Consider this your permission slip to put your mental health first. Match with a dedicated therapist today at Talkspace.com and use promo code ACME during signup to get $100 off your first month. That's $100 off at Talkspace.com with promo code ACME. Talkspace dot com promo code acme let them know that we sent you and we're sending you with $100 off your first month our next partner on we met at acme is a product that i use literally every single day because it makes me feel so much better so strong more regular, better gut health, more energy, and it actually tastes good. I had to see what the hype was about with Athletic Greens. So a few months ago, when they reached out to be a sponsor of the podcast, I was so excited that I finally was going to have Athletic Greens in my house and I was going to be able to take that scoop 
of 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens every morning. Mix it with water, shake it up, and drink it. And I just wanted to see how it would affect my life. And I have to tell you, it has been amazing. I feel so much more focused, so much more energy, all of the good things. And apparently it helps with aging too. So like bye-bye Botox, just kidding. We can do both, you know? It's a small micro habit with really big benefits. And also you can sleep better from it. And they use the best products based on the latest science. If you're wondering why everyone's talking about Athletic Greens, there's obviously a reason. It has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Like it doesn't get much better than that. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Acme to let them know that you came there through We Met at Acme. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Acme to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I can't even explain to you how much you need vitamin D in your life. Athleticgreens.com slash Acme. If she meets a guy and she's head over heels for him, and by the way, this isn't necessarily gendered with her, with girls doing this more often. Guys do this all the time, by the way. They just don't admit it. If one of them falls head over heels for the other one on the first date, it is your job to manage your expectations and not to be naming your children in your head. But that's well, the problem. That's people don't do that. People immediately name their children. And, right. and that's where I come in as not necessarily self-preservation. Maybe that wasn't the right word, but like a backup plan. And that's not a game. That's just like human nature. Right. It, it is human nature. And I used to do this in my head. But let me tell you what my solution was to this. It was, oh no, that's not a big deal. I'm not going to think about that. I'm just going to keep going out on other dates. And that made me and a lot of clients who I've coached more confused. It made the other person eventually feel like I'm hot and cold. I'm one foot in, I'm one foot out. It made the other person feel like I was playing these games, even though I was really excited about them. So the solution to moving too quickly in your head isn't date other people. But it is said, for women. And I, I I hate to interrupt, but I think you just like nailed it on the head, which is that like, you're right. You shouldn't have done that. You as a man dating women should only date that one woman if you decide that you really like them. But women and men should not be dating coached the same way. It's a no, and totally, I don't, it's a totally different I don't ballgame. coach them the same way. Yeah. I, I coach them completely differently. But wouldn't you agree? Like you even said that if a listener came to you, you'd say, that's great. Now more than ever, it's important yeah. to go date other people. Would you not say to her, hey girl, let's just slow it down for a second. Make sure you don't move too quickly. Make sure you see what he's about. Why don't you spend some time with him, figure out if it's just lust and if it's just excitement? Why don't you learn some more things about him? Right? Wouldn't you tell her to hold yeah, her horse? Yeah, 100%. That's like the biggest thing. It's like you're putting this guy on a pedestal, but you don't even know them yet. Exactly. Why don't you keep getting to know them, but get to know other people as well? Like, don't be closed off to this person. So the way that I come at it is... You don't even know them. You're pedestalizing them. So mm -hmm. get to know them. Hold your emotions a little bit if you can. I know it's different from men and women, right? But let's talk about it. Just keep in the back of your mind that you don't know this person. He could be a total psycho, right? But get to know them and see if the stars that you're seeing in your eyes really are there. Don't jump ship and go get to know somebody else. What's the point of that? That just distracts you. Because you have no idea how the other person feels. So like your client might be coming to you and being like, oh, I have these feelings. Like, I really like this guy, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, okay, we'll get to know them. And then they get dumped by that guy, like immediately. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like that's, let's say you 
So then like, so let's say you get them and, to and they have no one because you told them to only date that one guy. Let's say, well, if it was in the very beginning, again, with the three date rule, I wouldn't tell them only date that yeah. one guy. Right. I would assume that they've gone on a few dates with this guy and this is the one they wanted to focus on. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's slightly different, but let's say they get dumped by the guy they really like. Is it really, truly going to make them feel better that they have six other options? The fact that they have six other options, you know, Joe Schmo and all these other people doesn't, doesn't reduce the hurt that they got dumped by the guy that they like. No, it doesn't reduce the hurt, but it definitely makes it, it's like that quote that like money doesn't buy happiness, but I'd rather be crying in like a private jet than in a shack. It's like, yeah, it doesn't reduce the hurt, but I would rather still have, you know, people in like to see, to date, to, you know, go out and have a nice time with than to be completely alone knowing that, you know, I made a really bad decision in, in a partner and now I have, you know, six people, it wouldn't be six probably. That's a little egregious, but a lot of people that I can give a chance to and get to know and learn something more about myself and about them. Look, I I get what you're saying, but what I've seen over and over again from, from my clients, I coach, I coach a lot of women who are in their mid to late thirties who do want to be in serious committed marriages and have kids and things like that. Actually, over the course of the last three years, I've coached 97 people who were single when they came to me. 91 of them are all either married or engaged or in happy, healthy relationships now. And 80% of that 91 were women who were over the age of 28. So I understand what you're saying. But a pattern that I have seen is that the women, speaking of the ways in which women and men are different and how the coaching has to be different for them, when women are playing the quantity game, not the quality game, it hardens them and it exhausts them. So what I have seen over and over again is that the ones who are dumped by the guy that they really like, but then they have three or four other dates to go on they don't actually feel like they're crying in a private jet because those are now four other dates that fall away and that potentially fall away and then make them feel like, Ugh, A, I got dumped by someone I really like. B, I just spent four weeks going on four other dates with four other people and I don't like any of them. That just makes them feel more jaded. I think that men actually can more successfully play the quantity game than the quality game from an emotional perspective because they don't get attached emotionally as quickly, typically speaking. So, you know, I I can't disagree with your perspective because it's your life and it's what you've seen, but you know, I've I've just seen things go differently. And and the reason that I say date one person at a time. Yes, it's because of the comparison, it's because of respect, it's because of commitment and investment, but it's also because that reduces the amount of emotional damage that accrues and reduces the amount of bitterness and jadedness that accrues because the more failed experiences you have, even if it's just one or two or three dates, it compounds and it compounds to make us believe that love is so hard to find and it gives us a scarcity mindset and everything like that. If we're focusing instead on a smaller number of high quality interactions, it really imbues us with faith and hope that we're moving in the right direction. I would totally disagree with that because I would say if I had put everything into this one person, got rid of everyone else over and over again, got crushed, I would say fuck this. I'm not doing this anymore. This is so horrible. I hate dating. I put everything I... if you had done that, you wouldn't have gotten crushed over and over again. That's not true because it's only going to work out with one person. So you might, you know, you might, you might have a bad judge of a character. So every time that's the one person, it crushes you. My point is, and then I want to move on and hear your next point that you just brought up. But my point is that if 
I get dumped by the one person that I liked the most, but I have other options. I'm going to continue dating these options, then add someone new in. And then maybe that's someone that I like, and they're going to be attracted to me because I'm dating other people too and have options. Not because I'm some, oh my God, like my heart was broken and now I can't pick up the pieces and be myself again. I'm not going to lose myself in that one person. Okay. So you know how you said, you know, oh, this is where you're not understanding women and the coaching needs to be different. I'm just going to shoot this back for you respectfully. This is where you're not understanding men. When a man is ready for something serious, he wants a girl who's available. He wants a woman who's ready, who's available, not a little girl who's being chased around by 15 other guys. That's I, I disagree. Off. I disagree. I think a type of man and, and you are that type of man. And that's why you think maybe, you know, men, but I also know men and a man is way less interested in someone who's too available. Too, I, I said available. I didn't say too available. Available. No, that's available, not true. Period. That's not true. When he, when he gets to a certain like, point, he wants mm-hmm. someone who is ready to show up for him. He does not want someone who says, no, I can't go out with you in two weeks because or, or the first date available on my calendar is two weeks from now. He well, says, no one's going to say that. That's ridiculous of anyone to say. They, it should be like three days out. Okay. Or whenever they're next free. But if, they, but if it is a busy woman and she isn't free for two weeks and that guy's turned off by that, then that guy can, can suck it because like sometimes people are busy, you know? But who ends up sucking it in that case? She ends up alone in that case. Not if the guy is respectful enough to wait. But what I'm saying is when a guy gets to a certain point where he is ready for something serious and he sees that a woman has so much going on in her life that she's not available for one to two weeks, he will typically say without knowing her, right? Because he doesn't know. She could be the greatest thing since sliced bread. But he'll typically say, this woman has no room for me in her life. I'm going to go find somebody who is ready to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go find somebody who has a need for me, not a need financially or a need emotionally. I hear or what like you're saying. I, I need to depend on him. But look, all men, even the ones who wait for two weeks, even the ones who chase girls who are being chased by 10 other guys, all men need to feel needed. They need to feel that they can fulfill a role in a woman's life that she cannot fulfill by herself Mm. because men are mission oriented creatures. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, and and I feel like we're, we're just hitting this. um, We're beating the horse at this point, but I definitely think that a certain type of man who's maybe a little insecure in his, I don't want to say in his manhood because that's not my intention. I'm just trying to think of a better way to say it. It, it maybe just in, in who he is feel needs to feel needed and needs to come be a savior. But I think a man who wants a woman who's already like complete with herself and, you know, wants an addition to his life, not like somebody who makes him feel needed, which by the way, like I, I don't just like, I think at a, like at a certain point, a man should feel needed in the relationship, but just not coming into it. Like, I think what initially attracts a man to somebody is like confidence and not needing them necessarily. And then, you know, you get more vulnerable with them, you whatever, whatever, and then they're needed. But I just don't think that the man that I talk about when I give dating advice is somebody that needs to feel needed right away. Well, look, this is the last thing I'll say on this because I I know we've been talking about these topics for a minute, but the last thing I'll say is in, in my view, it's a superior man, not an insecure man who knows that he wants to take care of his girl. And if she is not willing or ready or available to be taken care of, he would rather take his gifts and his chivalry and what he can provide for a woman and give it to somebody who is willing and ready to receive. 
I don't think that's an insecure man. I think that that's a really elevated man. And I don't believe that two people should complete each other, but I also don't believe that we are two separate entities that become additions to each other's lives, right? One of them is too intertwined and one of them is too separate. I like something in the middle. I hear you. I don't disagree. Okay. Tell me your, tell me your other point that you had mentioned that you wanted to bring up because we're supposed to be under an hour here. So I just want to, my producer's going to kill me, but I want to hear it. Sorry, producer. Well, (laughs) you said what's my most controversial dating advice. Yes. Uh, The other one is, is no sex before commitment. Yeah. I, I, by the way, you're preaching to the choir here. I agree. I think no sex until I don't call it commitment, but I, I say no sex until they, they understand your personality and they know your personality and they like, they know you through spending time with you and they like you independent of anything physical. But until they know your personality, what if they're like, I've spent two weeks with you and I know your personality. Well, anyone who says that just to have sex, <laughs> I'd be like, get out. <laughs> like, but, but a lot of people fall for that. I, I would be like, I, no, like it's, it's a, it's a feeling. It's not like a time number of like time limit of like, oh, it's been two weeks now. No. I mean, I didn't have sex with my husband until like a month because that's when I mm-hmm. felt like he really knew who I was and liked me a lot and was going to want more of me totally independent of whether or not the sex was good, you know? Perfect. Yeah. So, and by that point where you guys, you know, we are dating exclusively. We weren't. Um, he, I knew he wasn't seeing anyone else, but I, you know, practicing what I preach was still, was still dating other people or like being open to dates with other people, not necessarily seeking Uh, them out, but I was being set up at the time. And so I would say yes, because I was single. Okay. Oh, you, you considered yourself single? I was dating people, but I was single. So you had been seeing for your husband for a month. You had enough of a connection with him to sleep with him, but you considered yourself open. Yeah. I mean, because what if we had slept together and then he never wanted to speak to me again? Not that I thought that that would happen, but you know. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's going to take us back to what we were debating a few minutes ago. But so I, I, I agree with you about the feeling, right? Like feeling safe, feeling like you know each other's personalities. The, the only tweak that I make it on that is that sometimes that feeling can be ephemeral and sometimes it can be like a sort of lustful connection that we don't think about completely clearly. So when I say until commitment, it's just an additional safeguard, right? Like it's that old adage, why would he buy the cow if he can get the milk for free? Which is sounds like a terrible thing to say, but it really is true with a lot of guys, right? That they are much more likely, if he's willing to say, I'm your, we're boyfriend and girlfriend, or we're dating exclusively, before sleeping with you, if he's willing to wait to sleep with you until that commitment has been established, then it's not a foolproof method because there are no guarantees in life, but it's a lot, it's a lot safer. And also I am a big believer that when you choose to sleep with someone and who you choose to sleep with has a lot to say about your level of respect for yourself at that time in your life. So there was a time in my life when I had exited a four-year relationship and I started sleeping with a bunch of random girls and I did not have high self-respect for myself at that time, right? I could, I could couch it by saying, oh, I was just trying to have fun or I was trying to figure out what I wanted or whatever, but a, a really self-respecting person doesn't do that. They wait until the connection has been established. If they want something serious. Yes, yes. If you're just because it's just a, it's possible, around. yeah, exactly, yeah. to just want to have fun. So let's allow space for that. Right, right, right. Of course, that's a welcome distinction. So yeah, on that one, I'm I'm glad that we agree. Yeah, me too. Um, well, we spoke for so long that we don't have time to do some rapid fire poll questions. But Kevin, will you leave us with a quote or piece of advice that our listeners can take away? Oh my God! Any particular subject? 
Anything that you're called to say? Anything that I'm called to say. I would say that the degree to which other people respect you and invest in you is almost always commensurate with the degree to which you invest in yourself and respect in yourself, respect yourself. So whatever that means for you, if that means going to therapy, if that means working out, if that means listening to Lindsay's podcast, working with me, if that means not sleeping with somebody for a while, if you feel you're respecting yourself most by committing to one person, if you feel you're respecting yourself most by going out on multiple dates, however you feel you are making the greatest investment in yourself and you are respecting yourself at the highest level is what what I would recommend because that is the degree to which other people will invest in you, commit to you, and respect you. So in our dating lives, we don't need strategies. We don't need games. We don't need any of that stuff. We just need a really high level of self-respect and a lot of clarity on who we are and what works for us. I can get behind the self-respect thing for sure. Kevin, where can everyone find you, follow you and sign up for coaching with you? Thanks, Lindsay. My website is my name, kevinnahai.com and uh, my Instagram, my name as well, Kevin Nahai. You can message me on either of those places. Cool. Thank you so much. 